Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. Open your Bibles with me to Psalm 42 and 43. We're going to read the psalm and I'm going to speak to you uh, how we can praise God when our soul is downcast, right? As the deep pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. You are my God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to a place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy scripture. I'm taking two psalms and putting them together and there is a scholarly debate whether this is one piece of literary uh, piece that we have got or it is two pieces. But either way, it does not make any difference to us because both the psalms have got the similar words and both have the same theme and these both are lament psalms. So we are going to see it together to see how we can overcome troubled situations in our lives. We are going to look at the cure for depression. By the way, the psalm does not give us an exhaustive list on depression and symptoms like that. For that, we can go to the other passages of scripture. But this psalm gives us enough resources to identify and to come out of our depressive situations in our day-to-day -day life. The one word that dominates these two psalms is the word downcast, which is coming many, many times. And if you translate the word downcast in present day vocabulary, we can get the word, why are you so depressed? 
Why are you so filled with anxiety? Depression is well known to us, especially in the post-pandemic world. Plenty of people are suffering with depression. And the Bible recognizes the painful mental status of people suffering with depression. Friends, we remember we live in a pressurized society. God created human beings with an amazing body and capabilities to overcome serious pressures of life. That's how we are created. But when we look at the achievement-oriented, money-centric, fast-running world, and with the amount of information overload, I guess to wonder whether God really wanted us to live a fast-paced life like this. We live in a pressured society and our systems are overloaded and we are overworked. And living in such a kind of society comes with its own pressures and stressors to life which can lead one to depression and loneliness and rejection in life. We find ourselves unable to cope up with pressures that can result in depression or anxiety. So, what is a God-pleasing way to deal with our issues of our life, to deal with our depression, loneliness, anxiety? A response that will honor the Lord, which will enable the Lord to bless us and eliminate depression or to cope up with depression. What is a God-given way for us? The issue is how to please God even when we are going through the toughest times of our lives. My idea of speaking this message to you is not to nullify the medications. Somebody is seeking counseling help for depression, not to nullify the counseling help. But I want to tell you that beyond everything that we face in our lives, especially which is psychological and mental health related, there is also a spiritual problem that I've recognized. And many times when we deal with the spiritual problem, with the help of medicines and counselors, we can find a total recovery by God's grace in the situations of depression and mental health. And people are challenged with mental health issues in this present world like never before in the history of humanity. We are living together in one house, but all are busy, no proper communication, and every small communication can result in an argument or strife in the house. So, what are the, some of the causes of depression uh, that the world faces. The Bible gives us one major cause for depression and that is alcoholism. The society feels that depression leads to alcoholism but the Bible says vice versa that it is alcoholism that leads to depression. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 23 verse 29 to 35. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? who has bloodshot eyes, those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisonous like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, Lying on the top of the rigging, they hit me, you say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? So the Bible very clearly tells to us that 
one of the major causes of depression in this world is alcoholism and a lot of people battle with the evil of alcoholism and end up in depression. And then there are other things that challenge us, things like interpersonal relationships. Maybe you are having a problem with your colleague in your workplace and it's always stressful when you go to your workplace. Or when you come back to your neighborhood, there is a neighbor, things are not going well with them and you have to see them, you have to rub shoulders with them every now and then and it causes a lot of damage in your relationships and peace. Maybe you come back to your house and your spouse is not responsible. You do not know what is happening to your spouse beyond what he or she leaves your home and they are not taking responsibility and you are thinking to yourself, how can I live with such a person towards the end of my life and that is causing your depression. Maybe your loved one has told you, the one whom you are looking for, that I don't want to do anything with you. I am sad that I am married to you. I wish I was not married to you. And you don't find purpose in life. Then there are other kinds of depression called financial depressions where you are somehow making your ends meet and all of a sudden your scooter or your automobile has broken down and you do not know where will you find additional money to get things repaired. Or there is a leak in your sum tank and it takes lakhs of rupees to replace the sum tank and now you are wondering what will you do. Or maybe you are trying to come out of your loans and you are somehow trying to manage your finances and all of a sudden you lose your job and your bills are mounting and you do not know what to do. Then there are people who battle with loss of purpose in life. That I am doing a good job, I am getting a decent salary, I have got a good family but I don't find purpose in my life. I don't know what is beyond this. I have experienced everything and that can lead them to depression. So depression, loneliness, stress, anxiety can come for various reasons and even to God's people. Just like we are not immune to a broken bone, we are also not immune to psychological effects in our day-to-day -day lives as believers of God. Even believers battle with severe depression and psychological and mental health issues. Here, the psalmist is a firm believer in the Lord. He believes in the Yahweh God. And look at his relationship with God the way the psalmist tells. In these two psalms, he tells that God is my rock, God is my stronghold, God is my savior, God my God, God of my life, God my joy and my delight. He's having a great relationship with God. He's following God and he's trying to live based on the percepts of God. But yet he does not understand why his life is in a mess and he is going through challenges and he is going through depression and he is going through difficulties in life in spite of following and knowing this one true God. He does not understand. And look at the questions the psalmist has as he is coining this psalm. He is battling with the question, when will I get a deliverance? When will I hear from God for the situations that I am going through? Psalm 42 verse 2. When can I go and meet with God? He is having the question, when in his life? Then he is battling with the question, where are you God in my life? The question is basically coming from his friends. You are serving God and you are spiritual and you are praying to God. You are giving God your tithes and you are praying morning. You are praying in the evening. You are putting on songs and praising God. But where is your God? Why is your God not helping you? Look at that question in Psalms 42 verse 4. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? So he's battling with the question, when? 
he is battling with the question where a firm believer in the lord and then he is battling with the question why lord is this happening to me why is my life like this in spite of following you come to psalm 42 verse 3 why my soul are you downcast he does not have the answer for why why so disturb within me verse 9 why have you forgotten me why should i go about mourning psalm 43 verse 2 why have you rejected me he has endless questions of when where and why and he does not hear anything from god and yet he is a firm believer in the lord this is the tension the psalmist is going through if i am a child of god why this if i am a child of god when is my deliverance if i am a child of god where is god in my difficulty have you been in such a situation my dear friend here is a psalm and this inspired words can be a landmark for us a signpost for us on how to face our challenges especially with mental health and other issues of life that we face according to american psychiatry association's diagnostic and statistical value of mental health disorders they say that symptoms of emotional and distress and depression are fourfold if somebody has depression and emotional turmoil they will have emotional physical cognitive and motivational problems emotional physical cognitive and lack of motivation in the life and if you look yourself closely into this psalm you can find that the psalmist is battling all these realms of so called clinical depression according to the scientists and the psychologists now look at his emotional realm he is battling emotional depression psalm 42:11 why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed within me his emotional realm is totally disturbed it's out of its place he can't make a sense of what is happening and look at that a clue of that in verse 7 you get deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls can you imagine he feels in his poetic ways he's writing that waterfalls are coming and i'm right there in the deep all your waves and breakers have swept over me so he's going through emotional turmoil not good situation he's feeling like he's overwhelmed by his problems deep in trouble and he's battling emotional depression and look at his physical health he has loss of interest in physical appearance and he's having a disheveled appearance people who have depression sometimes neglect their personal hygiene and grooming and some do not want to brush their teeth and they do not want to wear decent clothes and this psalmist is going through such a situation in psalm 42 verse 9 he says i say to god my rock why have you forgotten me why must i go about mourning oppressed by the enemy in the old testament language mourning is when you put on a sackcloth or a torn cloth and you go out of your house or the comfort of your house you don't groom well your clothes stink and you take that ash and put on your head and your body and you sit on ash and you're stinking you're not grooming you're not looking physically fit and this person has got lost all motivation to be physically fit and well dressed and groom well why because of the severe overwhelming depression that this person is in we looked at the emotional we looked at the physical and look at the cognitive he has no motivation in his life 
he has delusional thinking he's questioning god it's okay to question god in our doubts we have been there where the psalmist has been something does not make sense at all in our lives and he is delusional and he is having cognitive depression and symptoms of depression and look at the 42 verse 3 tears have been my food day and night while people are saying to me all day long where is your god i thought you are a christian i thought you are praying to god but what's happening to you now why should this happen to you in spite of being a christian he is self obsessed and has loss of interest in other people look at this two psalms when you take time to study the psalm he is never praying for other people he is only obsessed with what he is where he is and what is his future and only he has talks to talk about his deep deep situations of his life so he is battling clinical tough depression in spite of a believer of god in spite of worshiping the yahweh god and many times in spite of worshiping god we may go through situations like this in our life because we still live in a fallen world things are not perfect yet but the way has been made on the cross where jesus will once for all right all evil but his head is defeated he has crushed his head but still we believers have to battle the evil of this world we kind of like the happy go merry christianity we like to hear the joyful songs and the happy songs of christianity but sometimes we wander to ourselves and we don't want and uh, lament songs and lament psalms are not best sellers in the churches now but the bible wants us to understand that our understanding of god and understanding of christianity is a perfect balance between joy and sorrow we praise god in our joys and we lament to god in our sorrows and with both we come to the presence of god and life is a mix of joys and sorrows so what does the psalmist do he cries to god for help and god helps him how does he feel now in psalm 41 verse 1 and 2 as the deer pants for the streams of water so my soul pants for you my god my soul thirsts for god for the living god where can i go and meet with god so what is happening the psalmist is picturizing himself as a deer in a wilderness with no water if it was a camel camel has some of the capacity to overcome the difficult desert and wilderness but he does not see himself as a camel he does not have a capacity to overcome this vast wilderness he is feeling like a deer where it needs water fresh water for his survival and he is searching to god for that fresh water and unable to find and prophets and poets of the bible have taken this deer picture for us and shown to us how desperate people's situations can get in the times of the desperation in the times of the need jeremiah spoke like this in chapter 14 verse 5 even the doe in the field deserts its newborn fawn because there is no grass to show how desperate man can get when there is a need they pictureize a deer or a mother deer abandoning her own child for good pastures because times are so desperate and here the psalmist is so desperate does not know what to do parched land and there is no water around and lord you have to bring me a deliverance 
and he's a believer he's coming to god and god gives him ways to cope up with his depression and finish the psalm in praise that's the beauty that we are going to see now it's an amazing literary marvel as i was just studying this and how the psalmist in this deep situation comes out of that depression with the help of god and ends up in praising god i want to give you five ways to deal with depression based on the psalms five ways to deal with the mountain issues of your life or the deep challenges of your life number 1 do not feed your depression do not feed your depression in other words be truthful about your situation we like to hide our real self right if i ask you brother how are you i'm fine thank you pastor how are you thank you i'm doing good nobody wants to go beyond that shell and open up our real self maybe we are battling job loss or not having finances maybe we fought in our homes and there is no peace you are in the verge of a divorce and there is no peace and you come and tell you're fine it does not help us to battle with our challenges we need to be open to god and we also must be willing to be open to god's people and own the situation that we are in recognize that i am in a pit and tell to god and that's exactly what the psalmist does in verse 5 he says in 42 why my soul are you downcast he is tuning on himself and he's recognizing the situation why so disturbed within me do you remember elijah after performing great exploits on mount carmel he runs away from jezebel and he is so depressed and is hiding and telling god that i want to die you know what god told him in first kings chapter 19 and this verse 13 the voice came to him what are you doing here elijah don't feed on your depression don't sulk don't lose your responsibilities when you are going through depression what do we do usually when i am going through a challenging situation then i have loss of interest in my responsibilities i don't fulfill my parental responsibilities or my husband wife or children responsibilities and i just sulk in my responsibilities and god is reminding elijah that when you are depressed it's not time for you to neglect what you're doing and god said later in verse 15 go back to the way you came from don't sit in this pity party rise up man come on it's not the time for you to neglect your responsibilities yes you are going through trouble but rise up go back to the place where you came from and go to the desert of damascus where you go there and anoint hazel king over aram anoint jehu king you have more purpose to do and the devil wants us to neglect our responsibilities and sulk in in our challenges but god wants us to rise up to our responsibilities and do your responsibilities irrespective of what is happening in our life can i hear an amen to that church cain was downcast one day and god spoke to him in genesis chapter 4 6 to 7 why are you angry why is your face downcast he was depressed things did not work out for him he did an offering but no result and he was depressed you know what god said if you do what is right will you not be accepted don't neglect your responsibilities but sin is crouching at your door my dear friend you may be having mountain issues 
but don't neglect your life. Don't neglect God. Don't neglect the responsibilities that God has given to you. That's what God is speaking to us today. Imagine a daughter comes from school or a son comes from school after a fight with a best friend and she or he comes with a low countenance and the mother notices that the child is definitely struggling and, and that day the mother says, don't worry, Betty, don't worry, child. Today you don't have to cook. Today you don't have to wash the dishes. I will feed you. You sit in front of the TV. What is your best show I will put and give you? You're feeding on the depression. You're not finding a cure, but you're making it even worse. Don't feed people's depression. Give them responsibilities of life, what God has given them. When you are depressed and things are not going fine, you feel like going to shopping. And then you buy up things that you will not buy otherwise. What are you doing? You're feeding on your depression which will bring you more trouble. Don't feed your depression. If some of you are sulking because of the challenges in your life and giving up on responsibilities, this is God's word for you. Rise up for your responsibilities and you see how situations God will change in your life. Moving forward. Secondly, pray and hope in God. See, the first thing, it starts with our own initiative. Right? It doesn't start with God. It starts with our own initiative to help us in our crisis. Then God will help us. Many of us want God to take the first step. It doesn't happen that way. God wants us to own up the responsibilities, confess it, take responsibility, move forward. Then God will help us. Pray and hope in God. Look at the psalmist. He's praying. What kind of prayer? Oh, thou my father, God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Did he pray like that? He's not interested in theological prayers. He's not interested in the right kind of wordings on prayers. Our prayers should be to the occasion, the overwhelming emotions that we feel. The pain that we go through. Openly say, where are you, Lord? Why are you not be acting on my behalf? That's our prayer. And then trust God that he's in control. Pray, learn to pray and trust in God. Look, Psalm 42 verse 9. Why have you forgotten me? This is his prayer. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Open, frank prayers. God is not interested in made up and written prayers. God is interested in the outflow of our emotions in the presence of God. And that's where laments really help us. Right? Verse 43 to God, you are my stronghold, but why have you rejected me? It's his prayer. So pray, and when you pray, trust God, because pray honestly, seek after God. The solution of your problem is not the problem to go away, but in the presence of God, in the midst of the problem, you seek the face of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Tell your problem to God, and then hope in God. God loves you. And is in control over your circumstances and the surrounding things of your life. And God watches over his creation and he gives special attention to his prime of his creation to every human being. He gives special attention. And I'm convinced that there is help available for me in the presence of God. And it's only when I surrender my ways of working out a solution for my problem, and it is only when I decide, Lord, I'm not going to work in this, but I surrender and lay my hands, that God will start working on your problems. 
Many times we are working hard. We are working, we are doing this, we are scheming, we are planning. But lift up your hands and say, Lord, I commit it all to you. I have done what I could do and I release it to you and see how God takes over and how God builds in your life. And many times until we surrender, God will not take over. You pray to God, do your responsibilities, trust God and he will take care of your life. Thirdly, deal with your sin. Automatically, God is holy and when you approach God in holiness like Isaiah, we will come to a realization that we are a sinful man. Our righteous deeds are filthy rags, the Bible says. So we all battle with one or the other kind of sin. And when we direct our face to God in the time of our trouble, God will also remind us of our lives and our shortcomings and the areas that we need to work on. And we need to deal with sin in our lives. Don't hide your sin. When God reminds you, work on it. Psalm 43 verse 3, Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. The psalmist is reminded about how his forefathers came out of Egypt in that Exodus story. How they crossed the Red Sea as it became God redeemed them out of Egypt, led them to the Mount Sinai, gave them the law and made them his people. He's remembering that aspect. One side. On the other side, the psalmist is also remembering the holy mountain of God. And see what happens. Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Where is the place that God dwells? God dwelt in his presence in the tabernacle. God's presence and dwelling was in the temple of God. And what happens in the tabernacle? What happens in the temple of God? Sacrifices happen. People are sinful and everybody comes with animals to be sacrificed and they cut the animal and that blood is poured as a redemption for the man's sin. Okay, it's a temporary redemption in the Old Testament. They have to come again and again for cleansing of sins. So when the psalmist is praying to God, he's reminded about the altar where sins are taken off and his sins are forgiven. So when you come to God in your prayer, God will also remind you of your sin. Otherwise, if your sin is not reminded, if the guilt has not come and repentance has not come, our prayer is not complete. Every day when you sit in the presence of God, it should reflect to you on that day's life and the hidden sins that we battle with in our day-to-day -day lives. And we need to find forgiveness and ultimately deliverance from those things. And the psalmist is reminded of God's hill where he can find redemption. And today, we have a holy hill in Jesus Christ. He's a rock of our salvation. He died in place of the slams on that Passover day and his blood gives us cleansing from every kind of sin that we battle with. And when we go to the Lord in prayer, remember the holy hill, appropriate forgiveness in our lives for the sins that we have committed and God is willing to give us forgiveness of our sins. Are you with me church? And what happens, the psalmist says, when our sins are forgiven in chapter 32 of Psalms, in verse 1 to 5, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is not deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer because of sin. 
then i acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity i said i will confess my transgressions to the lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin psalm 51 talks about how his joy got restored once he found forgiveness in the presence of god so what are the steps that the psalmist is taking he's acknowledging and he's not feeding on his depression he's praying to god and trusting in god and then he is reminded of his sins and he is looking to the holy mountain and finding forgiveness for his sins in his life and then something amazing happens when this happened god gave him perspective listen to me carefully when he did so much in the psalm god gave him perspective of his situation come to psalm 42 verse 6 my soul is downcast within me yet he is telling after all this he is telling my soul is downcast therefore i will remember you from the land of jordan the heights of hermon from mount mizar now here we get a clue of where the psalmist is where is the psalmist not in the holy place not in jerusalem he is probably one of the first exiles who came out of jerusalem and he's somewhere in jordan valley and in the jordan place there is a huge mountain called as mount hermon and look at chapter 43 verse 1 and 2 you will find the situation some surrounding situations of the psalmist come to chapter 43 verse 1 and 2 vindicate me o lord and plead my cause against an ungodly nation rescue me from deceitful and wicked men So look at that we get the clues of where he is and look at that in chapter 42 verse 4 look at your bibles these things i remembered as i pour out my soul how i used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of god with the shouts of joy and thanksgiving among festive thorns that means he is definitely far from jerusalem he is in a heathen land surrounded by wicked people and lying lips and he is overwhelmed by problem and he is having challenges in his life a true israelite should be a testimony to the nations around them but the, all the nations are looking at him and they are telling if you are serving the yahweh god why is your life like this and when he looks back to the holy mountain he finds remission for his sins but he cannot go there and offer a sacrifice what a beautiful perspective and then he is somewhere near mount hermon mount hermon is some 9000 feet above sea level and it is so wild and vast this mountain regions it is wasteland not useful for anything and on the top of the mount hermon there is a cap of snow it is so large and huge and the psalmist is in that situation looking at jerusalem from mount hermon probably in the time of prayer probably in the time of festival to look and at least pray to yahweh god he cannot see jerusalem why because this huge mountain is separating him the view from jerusalem and to him and then he looks at his problem around him and he looks at this mountain and he's telling lord i cannot see jerusalem and when i look at the problems and the overwhelming situation that i am in my problem looks like this huge mountain where can i go because i have got a mountain like problem hermon like problem in my own life and in my mind 
and then he gets perspective look at that word again the heights of hermon from mount mizar beautiful mount mizar is a small hill in the mountain region of hermon and scholars say after much study i found this scholars say psalmist got perspective over here when he looks at his own problem in his life and what he's surrounded with everything is like a huge mountain that he cannot overcome but now that he has acknowledged his situation and he's praying to god and he has acknowledged his sin to god he starts looking at his mount hermon as god is looking at his problem and that mount hermon is become mount mizar the mammoth mountain has become a small minuscule of a hill in god's sight and he's getting the courage to move forward when you look at your life problems when you look at your situation from your own eyes it may be a mount hermon but when you get the perspective of god when your sins are cleansed when you call on to god and when you trust in god your hermon will become minuscule and god will give you the courage to overcome your problems can somebody shout an amen can somebody give a clap of into god this morning time come on give it to the lord have the right perspective take that perspective of your life based on how god looks at your situations things are not like what you think things will not end up the way you think god has a plan let your mount hermons become minuscule in the presence of god and then the final aspect of praise psalm 43 verse 5 why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed within me put your hope in god now look at this psalm 43 verse 5 has the gist of the entire psalm all the decisions that he came across is found in this psalm that's why i tell you this is a literary marvel you need to go and look at the psalms read it why my soul are you downcast what is it point number 1 deal don't feed your depression deal with your depression he's acknowledging his depression number 2 why so disturbed within me put your hope in god So what is he doing? He's praying to God and he's hoping in God. He's trusting God. And then what happens? His sins are forgiven. Okay? And if his sins are forgiven, he is seeing Mount Hermon as Mount Mizar. He's seeing his problem in God's perspective. And what happens in verse 5? I will praise him my savior and my god when he starts getting the godly perspective about his trials he is just praising god in the midst of his trials can i hear an amen church amen what a beautiful psalm isn't it most of us we pray for a job we get a job we praise god without job for one year you get a job you praise god some people we pray for cancer they are healed we praise god so we have praises here and there now and then in this life but let me tell you beyond the parousia beyond the coming of our lord it will be forever praise so we should have this balanced view of this praise some of my problems i will praise god here this side of the coming of the lord but some of my problems may result in death or no deliverance but i must now understand that i'm seeing from godly perspective that this world is not full over in my 80 years of life there is a coming of the lord there is an eternity 
and forever there will be praise in the presence of God. Can I hear an amen, church? And that's what Revelation says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. For the Lamb is at the center of the throne, Jesus Christ. Will be the shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water. The dough will be provided enough water. Deer is thirsting for water and is provided enough water. It's all poetic language. And God will wipe away every tears from their eyes. There is going to be forever praise in the presence of the Almighty God.